0: And welcome to The Great Indoors, the podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Sophie Robinson. And I'm Kate Watson Smythe. And today we are talking all things Christmas food, menu planning, tablescaping, what to eat, when to eat it. <laughs> and we are very excited to be recording. On location in the home of Saima Khan, founder of the Hampstead Kitchen, a private dining company which caters for everyone from loyal locals, Sophie has hired them for a workshop she was running, and I have been to a party catered by them, to celebrities, politicians and even royalty. We'll be trying to find out as much as we can about that, but first a word from our sponsors Anthropology. Have you done all your Christmas shopping yet, or are you a last-minute merchant? Well, I'm actually pretty organised at the shopping side of things. So much so, I'm actually looking forward to a new year, new home refresh already. (laughs) I've got you! Well, no surprise, I'm very last-minute.
1: And it's my husband. He's just impossible to buy for. Whereas me, I mean, I'll just point him to the anthropology website as there is literally nothing I don't like
0: from fashion to furnishings. It's all very up my street. Same, same. Although my husband is hard too. So you know what I do? I think of something he likes doing and then buy things for the room he might do it in what on earth do you mean? So mine likes books but picking out a book is hard because everybody has different tastes so I might buy a lovely mug and then a new cushion because you want to curl up and be comfortable when you read yes and then you can build out from there and add a lovely faux fur throw and a set of bookends and Anthropology is actually a really good one-stop shop as they have all of those items in a style I can live with as well. I see clever well, I love
1: cushions too, and I see Anthropology have a selection of seasonal ones. I love the one that says, say it ain't snow. Do you like that? Snow? So? Anyway, mm. it's in my bright colour palette and has tassels. And there's a matching Vanessa throw that says fa la 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 on it. What a cool way to update the living room over Christmas.
0: OK, well, if you're going full throttle with the typography, how about a natural coconut fibre doormat that says... All is bright to greet guests to your door. Well, there's one thing my husband doesn't do, and that's wipe his feet before he enters
1: the house. So that's it. That's his Christmas present sorted. Bingo! (laughs) Well, if that's got you feeling inspired to do your Christmas shopping, our lovely sponsors, Anthropology are offering you all a brilliant discount just in time for the big day. From the 1st to the 21st of December, receive 20% off Anthropology Home with the code SPARKLE. Exclusions apply. This offer is for home but does not include furniture, cannot be used in conjunction with any other offer, can only be used once and does not apply to previous purchases. Oh, and is UK only. Find the web link down in the show notes.
0: And thank you to Anthropology for sponsoring The Great Indoors and
1: happy shopping to all of you. So now on with the show. So Kate and I are snuggled up on this lovely stylish sofa Inside the home of our guest, Sima Khan, who set up the Hampstead kitchen, by chance actually. It was a friend's aunt's private chef who cancelled at the last minute and Simon hesitantly agreed to step into the breach to provide a dinner for a group of guests arriving from all over the world. She turned up with her trusty spices and had to reinvent a traditional four-course French menu into a meze-style banquet. She spent the evening pretending to be a private chef so no one would know the original chef had vanished and pulled it off so well that by the end of the evening the guests were booking her to cook for their parties in both London and the south of France. For two years she juggled private catering with her job in finance until a chance meeting with a certain Warren Buffett in an airport lounge changed her life. They started chatting about life and risk-taking, and Simon invited him over for dinner. That dinner convinced her to leave her six-figure salary and secure career to focus fully on the Hampstead kitchen. Saima, welcome
0: to the Great Indoors! Welcome to my home! <laughs> It's so lovely to be here. Lovely to have you. Yeah, I'm very comfortable. I might just nod off. Can you do the interview? (laughs) That safe is
2: quite dangerous, actually. It's very comfortable, I will say that. And he's called Alberto, he's Italian. And so he's the main man in my life. Just want to, you
0: know. what <laughs> <And laughs> <is> Warren a... <laughs> Buffett. Talk to me. <clears throat> who, I mean, firstly, I'm not sure I'd recognise <clears throat> Warren Buffett if a fella over him in an airport lounge, but you invited him for dinner? I mean, who, who just casually invites a multi-billionaire person for dinner?
2: We just got chatting. and had a normal chat about he loves steak and Coca-Cola. Right. Um, but anybody in finance would uh, be fangirling, fangirling a fanboy over warren buffett so i just uh plucked up the courage to just talk to him um and we just got chatting and the next thing i knew is i said oh if you're ever in new york you know come over for dinner And I was working for his organization at the time. So a couple of months uh, passed and his PA called. So Warren would like to come (laughs) for dinner. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I didn't tell too many people about it, to be honest, because nobody would really believe me. Um, And then a couple of weeks before, um, the PA says that um, Warren has some friends in town that are in philanthropy. And I was already doing quite a lot of philanthropy in london and back home and so i said yeah sure sure of course the more the merrier i i mean when i cook i cook for about 10 people so i i left work early got home started cooking and doing all my things styling my table and then i opened the door and i had billy melinda gates and warren <laughs> buffett and his uh, wife and i was like in my head, I was sort of saying all these, like, you know, what the hell is going on? I didn't process, yeah. but how my mind works is like, okay, we can't process this right now, so let's just put that to one side and, and just behave normally. And then we just had a really lovely dinner and when I forgot who they were, they were coming in the kitchen and I was making sort of like a lovely sort of Persian style biryani. And then Melinda said, oh, we're having a fundraiser in a couple of weeks time. And could I possibly help out? And I said, sure. And so that was the first time I went on the private jet and I turned up. With all my sort of um, ceramics and um so even the napkins that i have on the table today are about 30 years old Has bill they're... gates used those napkins yeah of course they used <laughs> <laughs> they're hand woven napkins yeah. um and i just took all my ceramics i've been collecting ceramics for the donkeys of years and i turned up and then when i when i saw the guests arrive Um, They were the Obama's, Clinton, uh, Mike Bloomberg, the mayor of New York. (laughs) And then I just thought, I I I literally thought I was going to vomit. I couldn't (laughs) speak. The Zuckerbergs were there and and they just loved the food. Because the whole thing, I set up the scene as like not having three plates and three forks. It was all about the sharing concept. And my food is quite simple and rustic. There's no smudges. There's no edible flowers on it. no
0: paintbrushes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, 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 I
0: like the idea of making billionaires share because I feel that's a good lesson for them. <laughs> you don't take your own plate you have to share it with everybody It's a good concept take yeah. away the cutlery yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> eating with your hands and also the philosophy is that if you're sat between two people that you can't start your dinner until your neighbours have food it's that, that's the proper sharing way to do it and that's the culture that I've been born and brought up in a plethora of dishes in the middle yeah. but you all share the dishes along and then you sit and then enjoy it together well
1: that's also quite nice isn't it for interaction eye yeah. contact can you pass me this do try this it's delicious yeah. it sort of opens up conversation to all the people who are around you and that's it's
0: so it's so much more relaxed I remember once going to a very posh lunch um, it was a work lunch but it was in the boardroom of this company it was one of those places where you know there were rows and rows of cutlery um, and, and, you know, I sort of knew which one to go for first, but the whole thing was incredibly intimidating and there's so many different glasses and there's different wine with each course. And it's just, it's guaranteed to make you actually think, well, I'll just sit here and eat. You don't want to talk to people because you're so frightened. You're concentrating there's, which fork. Yeah. yeah. And you're <laughs> so frightened that people are going to be really snobby if you pick up the wrong glass or, you know, the wrong fork. And so actually this... The notion of food, the way you do it, is so much nicer.
2: But what's, what's really interesting is that I've done some pretty high-end dinners, and what I like is that you get so used to seeing that fine bone china. I mean, it's stunning, you know, it's measured in everything, and so many people do it, and... Well, so w- many people,
1: perhaps in the world, that you get to pop in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I had lunch at Sophie's
0: house yesterday. There was no, there no. was no measuring. No, she no know what <laughs> she did. She put the saucepan of soup on the table, right like that. But do you know what that means, though? That
2: means that that's true love, though. Yeah. when yeah. you don't have to. Should we go with that? Yeah. I tell you what.
0: No, but we
1: are a marriage made in heaven because you picked up the soup from waitrose at the train station and she forgot, and I
2: heated it up Classy. in the pan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not <laughs> That's how much we love each other. Yeah. Kate. <laughs> That's true love. Let's go with that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but also, when you walk into a dying table when you see the same setup, your brain switches off visually, right? Oh, and yes. so then you just kind of goes a robot and then you eat and you have the canapes which all look the same they're all pretty Mm. so when you do something a bit more out of the box where it's completely pared back and there's like flowers and pomegranates or it's piled up high rather than individual thing and people can have their own cocktail stick and then do it you engage people's sort of senses right it smells different it looks different So people are going to be more focused on what they're eating. And so this is the thing we get commented all all the time. Even this morning, I have rushed from an event in Berkshire. And, um, you know, the the house I cooked in was stunning, absolutely beautiful, like a 20-seater table. And I could see all the crockery that was in there, you know, the Royal Dalton and the Worcestershire and everything. So I could turn up with my turquoise plates. Some of them are chipped. But it kind of adds to that rustic feel, and I think people want something different. They want something colourful.
1: I think it's really interesting, especially when we're, look, we're looking at um, entertaining at home at this time of year. This is the festive season. I think lots of people are doing the big Christmas Day dinner. I'll be honest; that's when all the forks and all the bits and bobs come out. And I've got some spode china; and it only really gets used at Christmas. <laughs> so, and my mum, you know, she had her wedding china, and that was always traditional. That that came out at Christmas. So there was a real ceremony. To the Christmas table. And I suppose for us ordinary folk, if I'm allowed to uh, greet you Talk in on yourself. that. Case, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Christmas is a time when we can do something a bit more formally. However, at the same time, because I have enjoyed your delicious food, it's not just about the food, is it? It's the whole presentation. And I think what you're saying is it's not just about following the rules. And I think I might, I might break the rules this Christmas Steady. and do something different. Steady. It's about creating this visual feast as well as a delicious feast isn't it it's the flowers and the fruit and the way you dress the table and you layer up the dishes and because it's sharing food the whole table's dressed with beautiful ceramics and stuff
2: you would do storytelling but also I mean I would dress up a table for my family to come over and um what just for like Sunday lunch Thing. Yeah, I never use paper napkins and they will tell you that it's always a proper napkin I like doing that because it makes them feel very welcome it's not trying to add formality to the situation even my niece and nephew they do appreciate when you have a proper sort of uh, a fabric napkin and I always decide what to cook last minute for my family but I think I, I
1: do as well but for different reasons so I'm
2: <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest um, it's about the feeling feeling that you evoke and you want people to feel relaxed at my home someone's sitting on the floor someone's sitting on the couch someone's reading on the dining table but when we're together there's no phones Mm. Uh, my niece will take one overhead shot i have taught her how to do that (laughs) she climbs on the table she does one shot then we have a hand shot and then we're done and then we can focus on um sitting together but definitely storytelling but it shouldn't feel so contrived and i'm guessing obviously you guys in the interior business We all see things that are not natural looking. Are quite contrived. We have photo shoots and stuff, etc. But when we have our events, they need to feel stylish but still feel quite personable to the home that we're Mm. sort of catering in. That's really important. Were you always interested in the presentation of the food
0: and the table around it? Or did you start from the food and and build up? Or were the two for you always good? The setting is as important as the food. Because sometimes, you know, a really simple dish of of just pasta and a tomato sauce will look so much more exciting on a beautiful plate when there's a lovely vase of flowers next to it. For you, were the two always together or did you get more
2: into the styling? So my mum was a person who could cook 50 dishes in one hour. But the kitchen looked like a site. Right, <laughs> and she'd be furious. She'd be so stressed, but she could cook really fast. My dad would just mosey in and make one salad, as if he was making love to the salad, yeah. and just carefully place a tomato. So, Mum would do all this cooking, but he'd have this love. He'd really select the right dish for the salad and just be boasting about his bloody salad (laughs) 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 how beautiful is my salad meanwhile (laughs) your mother's sweating in the background (laughs) exactly so I think I'm a bridge of both of those things that I can cook quite quickly but I like looking even at the color combinations of food so if it's something that looks quite pale and quite white Uh, I'm giving an example of Obama dip, which is a yoghurt with spinach. Uh, Did um, did she just um, drop that in there? She just dropped the Obama bomb. Tell us about the Obama dip. The Obama dip has had more uh, PR than me. (laughs) (laughs) If you type in the Obama dip, you'll see all the magazines and newspaper article is coming. It's just a simple dish of Greek yoghurt with all the whey taken out. And then sautéed baby spinach and sea salt. Um, I put rose dust, caramelized onions. Rose and dust. Rose dust. yeah. I did not know there was such a thing. Why do you, do you
0: have to get up at three o'clock in the morning under the light of a full moon, <laughs> <laughs> harvest the dust off the roses? She's lost me. I think she's lovely, but she's lost me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I just don't think I'm getting rose dust in the little. Am I?
1: Sounds mm. so beautiful. So sorry, yes, yeah. back back so to the So
2: caramelized list. onions and garlic and um, the spinach, you know, and then swirled in this Greek yogurt. It's simple, but it goes with, like, butternut squash. It goes with salads, a fish, chicken, lamb. But it was called Buriana Espinage, And then Michelle Obama had it. That's one name I can drop. Um, and she said, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then just for fun, we said... Um, we should call it the Obama dip. So people and I like the story, but unfortunately we ended up cooking it for um, uh, Donald Trump <gasps> when he was here in London a couple of years ago. And we forgot to take, we forgot to rename it. Oh, you, mean so, you, forgot, you forgot
0: I'm making inverted homicides at forgot. the microphone. So he was super annoyed. I bet he was. How fabulous. And then I
2: had to, on the on the spot, think of something. I said, but sir, that's just a dip. You are the chicken, You're chicken royale. And he was, that's right, I'm a chicken. And the, I was like, <laughs> trying to keep a straight face. Uh, my team were not happy that I ended up cooking for him. But um, the client I was cooking for um, had him as a guest. So, Well, he was on a state visit, wasn't he? So, that's right. And yeah. he was the chicken royale. I just love that. <laughs> yeah. Donald the chicken. Well, there Don- was an orange looking dip called Mahamara, <laughs> But that would have been, wish, I wish been too obvious. That.
0: That would have been See this ha- orange dip sir. See, this one's
2: for you. See, we keep we keep religion, politics out of our food. we've often had people fight this is persian this is iraqi and i just said i have no room for that in here we're all influenced in some shape or form and it's really hard to find origins of um, certain dishes you've got a version of it tzatziki in greece you have something called raita in the south asian continent so you know where everything is a derivative of something so I have this. I have this concept: food without borders. Lovely, like, and that's why I didn't pigeonhole myself as a Persian chef or a, um, you know, an Indian chef. I want, I can combine like French food with Persian food. I can do Greek with Greek with Nordic food the other day. Oh, interesting. Um, mm. Food is all about layers. I mean, even um, today when I was setting up your cute table, it's about like what. What am I trying to evoke? And I knew the lady of colour was coming, even though she's dressed in blue. (laughs) (laughs) She's totally dressed. Can we just say that? For those who are not watching,
0: Mm. she is totally dressed in. Is it navy blue or black from head to toe? No, I don't wear black. It's navy blue. All right.
2: I mean, I and a... she
0: had over the top <gasps> people I'm giving it away I'm giving it away so I am wearing autumnal shades Sima is wearing a bright pink jumper and orange socks looks especially in honour yes. of Sophie who's turned up in navy blue, blue corduroy jeans and a grey jumper <laughs> you heard that right it's grey
1: <laughs> but no. she's had to take it off my rainbow trainers are at the door though is that any no, no. it's not
0: okay no. sorry I do apologise for okay. really
1: letting the colour side down a little bit <laughs>
0: One question, I know you're not name dropping too much, and I'm sure there's lots more you can tell us about who you've catered for. But to come back to that idea of people in those circles being on that dining circuit and sort of swooshing from fundraiser to fundraiser with similar sorts of food. Does it I mean, it must break your heart, these very thin people turn up and they don't eat. I mean, do you get lists of, <laughs> I can't have the bread, I can't have the sugar, I can't have the gluten, or or, or I'm guessing they're confronted by your wonderful food and they think, oh, I'm just going to eat everything. But
2: they, you are catering to a group of people who sort of don't really eat. The celebrity clients that I tend to cook for, um, and there are quite a few, um they they hire me because they want to eat the food even the people who are famously (laughs) non-eaters famously you know they work out twice a day um we had somebody was in the marvel movie recently who'd been working out for eight months for that role and then when i bought all my i had like signature lamb chops the obama dip he was eating like there was no tomorrow. He <laughs> <laughs> got eight months
0: of starvation See, to make up for. You're not going
2: to lose weight in one day. You're not going to put on that much yeah. weight in one day. So I think the way the food is styled, I think it's it's about abundance. And I think naturally mm. everybody wants to get in on the story um, and, and be part of the dialogue. I once had a Hindu Brahmin. He said, I've never had lamb or beef or anything. And everybody was like, oh, my God, this lamb is amazing. He goes... Forgive me, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in and, then, and dive and dived in. When like it. It was worth it. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. I think it is not just about
2: feeding people is it it's just this whole expression of love and care and otherwise why are you inviting people to your home when I have friends at my home I'm going to put a few candles on I'll make one main dish and we'll have a couple of things to nibble on and it will still look like I slaved over and they're just so (laughs) easily impressed (laughs) anyway I want want to know the secrets of tips.
1: we need the inside track on how do you make it look like you've
2: gone to town but actually well the easiest thing is like like if let's just say there's no um, dietary requirements let's just say you're making a chicken dish you know you make that the biol so there's one dish that I do it's just got chicken thighs and you put that with red peppers aubergines um, potatoes with some pomegranate molasses roast it in the oven and then, so you can do that in the morning before you go off to work or whatever. So once it's cooked, you can just put lots of herbs on it, lots of nuts, crumble some feta, put some mm. lemon juice. You can put whatever mm. you want on it. And that's the main thing. So the herbs and the nuts and the feta, is that all just fresh sprinkled at the end before you serve it? Exactly. Ooh, so okay. then I put on the middle of the table and I think, okay, that's the protein done. Then I might do a grain. There's a, a salad and there's a dip and there's a bread. So that, okay. yeah. Protein, you, dip salad bread right. grain yeah done that's it done and
0: beautiful dishes that's the yes. yeah. thing
2: isn't that's it. it well? and then like i always set the table first so then it sort of dictates to me what kind of meal i'm gonna have
0: oh interesting. Yeah. interesting. so that's your inspiration like yeah. the table, so yeah. the table yeah. setting comes first so let's just
2: say for i'll give you two examples so if i was having a couple of girlfriends around for dinner i want to have something where we can easily sit and eat with our fork we're not using a knife and fork Feet on the couch and we can just sort of eat and nibble and stuff so when they arrive you can have champagne some drinks and just have one dip or maybe a little pastry You've got something warm something cold and then that's it nothing you know nothing complicated, and it's just sharing, and you're sitting and nibbling and sharing. And then I'll just bring one main out, so all I'm doing is actually cooking one main. You can get lovely um, pre-made packets of wild rice. You know, put them with um, orange zest and cranberry with wild rice. Some Ooh, rocket through nice. it with some blueberries. That's kind of my starter pack. So I already know either the fish or chicken or lamb is going to be the main thing. I've got to have some seasonal salad, maybe butternut squash. And so like you've got the, the orange with the greens. So, so you're thinking I, of the colors it's going to be well. co- So when you put it on the table, it looks so pretty. You can put pomegranates or put loads of herbs, um, black grapes. It's like painting. You start building your table up
0: she's a magician well we would need to have her skills but i think there's a lot of tips in there yeah. that that listeners can take away for not having to spend all christmas day in the kitchen you mm. know then, and and that's sort of the basic principles you've got there of the protein the grain mm. the crunch and the salad i mean that's that's all really helpful even if people want to go traditional on christmas day then you know the day after or the day before
2: is perfect for my room. clientele don't they want to have the family together Nobody wants an opulent, over-the-top Christmas. None of my clients, even the uber, uber Even cool though one. they're
0: calling in private caterers <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they're flying them in by
2: helicopter. But it's not over-the-top, people. This is a not over-the-top. This is fully yeah.
0: paired back. there my- <laughs> only be one private jet.
2: <laughs> you know, somebody made a funny comment, oh, your clients are so high-end, rah-rah-rah. I said, but these, these lovely clientele of mine also donate heavily of to course. my food programs that I'm part of so you know they want that they want the best that's why they come to me but they still want something quite organic to them what, what's the alternative well, what are we time? having okay. yeah what are we having so for Christmas people are going for wood pigeon or they're going for chicken and then I've got a German clientele that are going for goose but again it's just kind of understated it's not gonna be like gold candelabras That's so be... last year. Can <laughs> 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 you paint a picture what a what a Hampstead Kitchen
1: Christmas table might look like? What what is, what's on the table? Have you got Brussels sprouts on there? Oh, definitely Brussels sprouts. Oh, that, How do you? Oh, how are I'm we doing how them? because I mean, this oh, is the most divisive God, thing. My... No, doing them with bacon or bacon. No, like no, bacon. No, 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 like bacon.
2: no, 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 no. So, my Brussels sprouts, I I take off the leaves, the well, outside leaves, the outside leaves. Yeah, I blanch them.
0: Yeah, and then so, so turn- blanching.
2: For those who don't, so that's what, sort of just 20 it, seconds in
0: boiling water? Literally
2: probably 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, and then I just put lots of olive oil. I'll put some za'atar or some uh, za'atar is like a dried thyme with um, sesame seeds or sumac or chilli. And I'll roast them in the oven with some garlic. And then I'll just uh, toss them in with uh, like a dressing, either a mustard dressing Lots of pomegranates. This is a common theme with me, and um, then I'll make uh, they look like little
1: rubies. Little don't they? rubies. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So they're quite. Ch- then they become quite charred, and they have quite a nice sweet flavour. So for nice. Brussels, I'm spra- feeling sprouts on my menu this year. Oh, really? They're getting back on. And they're then back on get, on the get some al- almonds, put some olive oil, put some chilli or sea salt, roast those in the oven. Then you just kind of ch- um, cut them loosely, and then you put them, and then they coat. Around the oil, around the Brussels they stick sprouts. stick to the Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Yeah, people I'm are starving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might have yeah. to stop now. I need to eat something. Well,
0: shall we? Right, so let's go and have a look at this beautiful table which we can glimpse in the distance. Well, this is what I'm talking about. So this
1: is Simon's complete art. Isn't this just a feast for the eye? So what I'm seeing is dahlias dotted down the table in little bud vases that has signature pomegranates this is such a great idea yeah grabbing fruit but using it as a pop of color against that lovely dark green tablecloth
0: and that's a bowl of plums in a colored glass dish as well so that's another Ooh. opportunity for color and grapes as well just hanging over the edge so simon come on we talk us through the inspiration for this
2: for this table yeah well, it had to be pink. <laughs> <laughs> but um most of my clients I think they've got their houses with the pine everything. So I think I didn't... Are they quite
1: are they quite neutral and grey? A lot of your clients' houses.
2: Not really. Oh, good oh, good.
1: Oh, good. So, I no mean So there's billionaire's beige going on then. That's good to know.
2: <laughs> I don't think they would like my food. So the way we live also dictates how we eat as well. Oh, so these I bet, um it? these um I've got these lovely sort of cabbage um plates. Love a cabbage. And I plate. um Somebody had their great grandma's crockery that had green cabbages and artichokes on them with this little gold thing, um, sort of rimmed. So I used that and I laid it with her mother's um, um, cutlery. So I think think that's really nice. So what you're saying is
1: it's not about just bringing in everything new uh, because it could be over contrived. It's a little bit about using something that you own, but then giving it a fresh spin, maybe with well, like. Even just with the plants and the fruits and the candles, that can... And the napkins. Yeah, I always try
2: and use seasonal produce, seasonal flowers. So my my um another Kate that I work with, Kate Musgrave of Unruly Flowers. I I love working with her because she's all about seasonal, organic. So I asked her what are the seasonal flowers and how can I do my storytelling? So about there we've got pistachio. Um, oh they're branches. not dahlias, are they? They're chrysanthemums.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I've just realised dahlias
2: aren't in season at the moment. Exactly. Ah. So these are these are winter ones, so these are in season. So yeah. You know, the flower market is flooded with roses and hydrangeas and all these things. I wanted to use something that was... Um, this is a underappreciated flower, but it's so beautiful in the colour match. It's like match. a big
1: purple pom-pom. Heads. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly.
2: So, and I just wanted... I didn't want it to have... You know, there are, there are sort of caterers and florists out there who do the whole... The whole table is just full of flowers, like where the hell does the food go? Yes. Oh, most asked oh. question. <laughs> yes, exactly that, we've had that question a lot. So today I just went for Ruscus, I went for olive branches, pistachio branches, I've got like hanging aubergines. Yeah, so just for listeners, we are now looking at this sort of cloud of branches
1: that you've cleverly attached to the sort of the light it's yeah. almost like a pendant light but yeah. it's a bar with light bulbs on so very handy actually I'm yeah. thinking I need one of those yes, in my so house yes, it's quite yes, clever, the isn't it? The because so then you can hurts. hang all this lovely green foliage from it so you you're not just having your flowers on the table you're actually raising them above the table
2: this is a flower cloud concept that I actually did for my parents 50th wedding anniversary just before the lockdown actually I didn't want to have table uh, flowers on the table. We spray gold, um, pomegranates, pears, and lemons, and oh. and so that was the fiftieth wedding uh, aspect to it. But we didn't want the balloons and the balloon arches. We just no offense to people who like them. We just want our stuff to look a bit more organic. Natural. Flower clouds all over the ceiling, and then you just had this minimal cherry blossom because it was in March. So, the table was very pierced, it was all about the food and the people enjoying that feast together. So, this is what we're doing, and all these, and then there's like hanging grapes and figs, yeah, there's chilies, in here, and isn't there? Um, yeah. so clever. Um, pomegranates as well. So, and all and you've of, just wired them in, have you? I just of wired them in, wire. yeah.
1: I, is it, I mean, it looks impressive. Tell me this is easy to do. or
2: is it Oh, one? no, if I have to tell you how it's going to be made, then I'll have to kill you. <laughs> Okay, because
0: I'm I'm having my kitchen redone in the new year because we've just moved house, and I'm suddenly thinking I need to rethink the lighting. (laughs) I need to rethink the lighting so I can
2: make a foliage cloud over the table at all
0: times. You don't
2: need the lighting because we can attach it with invisible wire, and so it looks like it's floating. That's actually Mm. the solution. But I might just have then a few hooks put in the ceiling on a permanent basis so you could always hang something
0: down. Brilliant. Isn't isn't
2: it just wrapped around chicken wires? It's a bit fiddly, but... um, I've learnt from the best. So <laughs> she she was supposed to do it today, but she's busy doing wreath workshops but, today. Of course she is, yeah. <laughs> It's Christmas. Yeah. So yeah, I, it I sent gorgeous. her a picture and I did a good job. She goes, yes, you <laughs> have. <So laughs> what I mean, a good idea. Well.
0: And th- particularly that idea that we've got all the decoration, but it's not filling up the table, so there's room for all the food, which smells, Absolutely. by the way,
2: amazing. Yeah. So just to tell you, like, obviously... Um, these um, these are actually from Pakistan. These, these are the table nap t- yeah. fabric. These table are from mats. the the, some, the napkins are from Iran. They're like so old, but I wanted to intertwine them just to put a bit of colour in into the table. So these
1: two napkins, two and navy one and a pink one tied together. Yeah, That's, and then you've just simply knotted them because again. you always
2: you always need another napkin you for do. dessert, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, you
1: do clever. Yeah.
2: yeah, so that rather is than is having two. And then the leaf thing goes with a natural sort of um, concept. And then we make it. We make sure that we don't get anything that's online. Um, you know, sometimes we don't want things to be recognisable. We work with ceramicists that specifically make things for us, or even for a specific event. Oh wow! Yeah, to keep that exclusivity. Yeah. But
0: you said at the beginning, you know, there's no waste, and you will donate food. So this, what we don't eat, or these flowers, will you just keep them in your house? until they're gone so
2: this friday i mean december is a very busy month for me anyway so all of this is going to be reused but all the vegetables i'm looking to put into a stew on friday so the hanging
1: aubergines and chilies i've got over my head are all going to
2: go into this weekend's dinner i don't yeah because i don't want to throw stuff away so um i the grapes are going into a salad that i'm doing with persimmon Um, I'm doing an event for a food bank called Sufra, and we're doing uh, we're going to be cooking with some refugees and to raise money for um, people who are trying to settle um, in the UK, and also um, for the vulnerable this Christmas who actually can't afford to cook and heat up their homes and whatever. So, all of this is going to be intertwined in that dinner. But all the events I've got, I'm going to be reusing and rehashing all of this. So, it's, it's that pay it forward kind of. Um, uh, philosophy as well well
1: it's something we all need to live by isn't it and we're, we're aware that Christmas can be a very excessive time of year both in the way we decorate our homes and the food we bring in so just thinking about eking it out using leftovers eating your decorations
0: I mean that's just a whole other level of genius do you have Simon talking of donating to food banks and all the philanthropy you do around the whole sort of ethos behind the Hampstead kitchen Is there a space on your website for people who perhaps want to contribute to food banks or to you to pass it on? So if they go
2: to your website, thehampsteadkitchen.com. There is is a page or philanthropy and it shows all the organisations that I help both in the UK and abroad. You can pick and choose which one feels more um, uh, akin to you. But also just go on your local council site. It always will list down your local food bank. I mean, I put out a post yesterday saying, anybody, is anybody alone on Christmas? Um, you can go in the morning and just pick up people to take to the centre so they can have their main meal, or you can deliver food. So I think all of us can do. spend half a day, like this Friday, my friends who work in finance always like, ask me, how can we help? And obviously you need money, you also need volunteers, but some people just want to take the day off and actually see what they um, see the people that they're contributing to. It just I think then those kind of people would have a much more uh, they'd enjoy it or look at their Christmas from a different angle. So yeah, of course we should get together, we should celebrate and be together, but I think a lot of people are feeling it's a bit more pared down, but people are really thinking outside the box of how to make it special. But a lot of people are not giving Christmas presents to each other. Their Christmas present is, okay, I'd rather contribute. We're doing an event for a client where r- rather than the family buy presents, they've decided that each person is paying for their seat at the table, right, yeah. on Christmas Eve. So a bunch of friends have got together and I'm, I'm going to go and cook a lovely meal for them. Yeah. And that's their
1: Christmas present. Yeah, to each, to each other.
2: other. That's such an because it's experiences, isn't it? And a yeah. shared shared food with people you love around a table. Absolutely. Perfect. And if you think about the last two years, we haven't been able. There were so many locked up. This Christmas, I think people are so excited to be together that I don't even think like the food is. Um, you know, the food is the focal point, but actually, it's about people coming together. You don't want, if your host is nervous and stressed out, it, no matter how beautiful the setting, how beautiful the food is it's not going to be a great party things are going to go wrong your kitchen my kitchen is an absolute bomb site today <laughs> I was trying to get it clean before you guys arrive but it, it's it's this is everyday life right yeah. and so you know when I normally have parties I um my kitchen just looks um, like a pigsty the next day and then I wake up with some music on and I clear it up so the whole point is just enjoying yourself <laughs> So, what have I got for you? I had 20 minutes to put this together. Oh, oh my stop. God, it would have taken me about a fortnight. <laughs> so, what I have is white faba beans with a red pesto uh, dressing, and that's got parsley. Then I have roasted turmeric cauliflower. That's got mint and parsley with pomegranates and some toasted nuts. Then I've got uh, praveen day, which is like... Um, Um, olives marinated in um, pomegranate molasses, a little bit of aubergine, and I've got some walnuts and some pomegranates. You see the common theme of pomegranates And then for Maine, I've got a pan-roasted sea bass that's got dried thyme, dill, um, garlic, um, some lemon juice, just pan-fried, pan-roasted, very simple with some cherry tomatoes. And then I've got a wild rice salad that's got blueberries, um, Mm. smoked olive oil with toasted pecans and rocket. That's all. So That's
1: all. Oh, and again, it's the it's the colour. I'm seeing yellow and green and red, and they're all just sort Deep, of rich plums and yeah, apricots and exactly. purple. Never
0: out of my way. I'm a seat. Enjoy. Where would
2: you like us to sit? Yeah. Should I help myself? while you yeah. shaving? How do
1: you do it? You can start. Oh, there's no rules when it comes to my food. <laughs> For sure. So all this talking about food is actually maybe too. Oh, Simon, thank you so much. It's been wonderful.
0: What a story! I mean, it's like the plot of a Jilly Cooper novel, isn't it? So, um, if you fancy a ghostwriter for your story, Simon, if only so I can find out some of the names behind all these amazing stories... But all that remains now is for us to wish you all a very happy Christmas and holiday. And we'll be back next year. But in the meantime, you
1: can find us for chat on Instagram, where I'm Sophie Robinson Interiors. She's mad about the house. And Simon can be found at the Hampstead Kitchen,
0: which is spelt as it sounds without the E at the end. Or you can obviously find us on our blogs. Mine is madaboutthehouse.com. Hers is sophierobinson.co.uk. And of course, you can find Syma at thehampsteadkitchen.com. But for now, thanks to our producers, Kate Taylor and Sarah Cudden of Feast Collective. And thanks so much to you for listening. And a final huge thank you to our sponsor
1: Anthropology for supporting this episode. And do not forget to use that generous 20% discount
0: with the code SPARKLE at checkout. Bye for now, and we'll see you in the great indoors.